Hello folks, uh, good day to you guys. Hopefully semua orang selamat. You are taking care of yourself, stay at home, stay safe. Okay, kita akan sambung kelas. Uh, before I start with my class, first of all, I want to share with you again how we are going to complete our semester. First of all, there will be no exam. Uh, I hope it's a good news. However, without exam, you need to do something else. So you are required to do tasks and reports. So in a way, it's an assignments. Uh, dua assignments and dua tasks um, come together with it. Um, quizzes. So all these will replace your exams, and you will be evaluated based on your uh, tasks works given to you. Okay, and I believe you have carried out one assignments. So we'll be having another assignments later. Okay, that's number one. Number two, we are going to have our class by way of podcast. The reason why we are doing this, simply because from the finding of my survey, when I, the one that I sent to you earlier, quite a number of students are unable to connect to internet, uh, stable and good internet all the time. So when we record the we record our podcast session, you can listen to it whenever you are convenient whenever you are having uh, your connections and podcast would require heavy internet uh, data since it is uh, low bandwidth so just like uh, whatsapp you can just listen to it with a very very low data connectivity okay that's number two number three uh, i will be taking your Attendance by way of the quizzes. So since you can listen to podcast anytime, however, you need to listen to it within the particular week. So towards the end of the week, I will be sending you quizzes. Then the quiz will be based on the podcast recording, the my teaching on the podcast. So the answer will be there. You should have listened to the podcast, and then you will be able to answer my quiz. Uh, so. Indirectly, it, it means that you attended my class, that you are able to answer my the, the quiz questions. Okay, that will be the third one. And uh, fourthly, my podcast will be uh, in tandem with the slides I, I give you. So there are slides already uploaded. So each and every class via podcast will be based on the slides so while listening to it you might want to open the slides and refer to the contents okay that's all as introduction uh, as I, i'll be coming back to you shortly let's take a break hello i'm back again uh, today's class will be on employment law is it important to understand employment law in construction Yes, because you will be the either you will be the employer or you will also be the employee in any given construction project. So just to have a scenario given today, you just imagine by way of this COVID, so many people are retrenched, so many people are put out of work, and so many people are given the ultimatum: if you don't come to work, I consider you as. A, absent and i will uh, release you from the from the post so can employer simply do that is there any protection available for the for the employee I mean you can't simply bully people just to suit your own agenda so there are many i have friends contacting me asking about their situations 
So the bajikan force them. You have to come. Although it is a PKP kind of thing, and the the company is not running essential services. So bajikan kata tak datang. Kalau tak mau datang, either you take leave, e, uh, ataupun ambil EL, ataupun unpaid leave. Sedangkan the government says you are not allowed to go about to go around and to go to work if you are not if your work not under the category of uh, essential services so the 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 pekerja the employee have no options he have to come to work or else dia akan tak dibayar gaji ataupun dibuang kerja so this class indicates the important for us to understand employment law and then you will be part of the system uh, after you graduated from the USN insyaAllah alright so what is employment law employment is work or service performed by individual to the task of hand for another person or entity in exchange for wages or other remuneration this is what part of the slides that I have uploaded so particularly basically employment law regulates the operation of the labour market it indicates it clarifies the rights or obligation of an employment contract and it also regulates employment relationship between employers and employees so you have to understand the two concept number one is contract of service and the other one is contract for service contract of service is an agreement whereby person agrees to employ another as an employee and the employee agrees to serve the employer For the purpose of the minimum wages, a collective agreement is also a contract of service. This is contract of service. Um, we also have a contract for service, which is an agreement whereby a person is engaged as independent contractor. He is self-employed person, vendor or freelance carrying out assignment for project. So I give you, I give you an example. Contract of service. Is something where some in the situation where you work and you serve your employer. Contract for service is just like a contractor. USM have its very own uh, cleaning contractor, for example. So in the in the cleaning company, USM contract the cleaning company for the service. So that is a contract for service. Within that cleaning company, it will have its own worker, its own staff, its own cleaner. So between the the cleaning company and the cleaner there is a contract of service so you need you need to understand these two because this will determine the the, the employment the, the labor employment laws regulating all the parties so employer and employee relationship employee and employee it is defined in section 2 employment act 19 55 so you can look into this section and you can understand what is meant by employer or employee you will have definition and you have types of of this uh, two concepts employee means a person employed digajikan under a contract of service look at the keywords there so under the law under the employment act employee comes under the contract of service concept and subject to labor laws including minimum wages we are having uh, our government or reviewing the minimum wages wages for the employer employees now instead if a person is not an employee under the labor laws he is regarded as independent contractor remember independent contractor falls under contract 
for services. Thus, it is important to identify difference between the two concepts, right? Okay. Uh, relating to employment in private sector, there are several statutes that regulates the parties, including Children and Young Persons Employment Act, Wages Council, Weekly Holidays, Employees Provident Fund (EPF), Workmen's Compensation Act, Employment Act, and blah 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 blah. You can look at it in the in the PowerPoint. So if you go through this and you have time, I sure you have time during this PKP time. You should have been able to Google all these acts and understand how it works. Okay, contract of employment. It is between the employer and the employee, and must have terms and conditions. So when you join a, a company as a staff, you must have a contract of employment and the contract between you and your boss in the company. Right. So. Um, There are there are many types of contract employment. There are term or fixed term. So habis project, habis no more uh, workers and boss relationship. Apprentice ataupun under probation, percubaan. Based on task again, based on on the the the, the work you supposed to complete, or as a temporary or part time workers. So again, why we need to understand this concept, this category, this type of employment, because The rights uh, differs from one concept, one type of employment to another. And as I said to you earlier, they have terms and conditions, expressed and implied. So when you join a company, you sign a contract, correct? So you sign a contract of employment. You, they will be stating there all the rights and obligation of your work, of your 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 employment. You got masuk kerja pukul berapa, apa benefit dapat, kau ada panel clinic, whatever. However, on top of that, we also impose implied terms and condition by by way by way of the acta, whatever acta that we just mentioned earlier, as well as common law principle. So, faham ya? Kita ada dua konsep, dua dua. I mean, kita ada contract employment. Dia ada dua terms yang berbeza. Terms yang dinyatakan secara khusus dalam kontrak yang kita sign satu. Dan yang kedua, terms yang implied dia di, dimasukkan secara implied menerusi operasi akta-akta sedia ada dalam Malaysia ni, as well as principle of common law yang mana kita turut, turut guna pakai principle-principle common law semua pun tidak dinyatakan dalam akta. Okay, are you guys following me? I hope you do. So difficult thing about teaching this way is I cannot see you nodding. You might be sleeping at the back there and I can I can bavi where are you I can see that but however I can do that I cannot do that now you know uh, so I hope you can follow me and this is uh, you can repeat this again and again so that you can answer the whole thing when why in whatever things you do yeah so let's move on to the next slides contract of service versus contract for service Mean to define these two, they are test. You can apply. It. Number one, you can test the level of control. You can test the multifactorial factor to it. You can test the integration. You can test the mutual obligation of the parties, as well as economic reality and entrepreneurship to it. Alright. So what does it mean? This is one of the tasks I wanted you to do. Look at it. It's a simple thing, very direct. But basically, is how you technically in a nutshell is how you control your staff. You can mean for USM, for example, they can complete 
the the renovation work within two weeks. So however he come, whenever he come, however he do it, you never control the contractor performing that task for you as of renovating for example our lab. However, in your contract of service, you impose certain condition to your staff. You have to come from eight to nine. So that shows level of control and that can be one of the way of testing whether it is a contract of service or contract for service. Okay. Alright. Terms and conditions in contract of service. Contract of service can be either oral or writing. If you do remember, I told you about contract. It can be in writing, it can be oral. So by, by, by verbal, a contract binds in a way. However, <coughs> The following terms must be in writing in the contract of service. Number one, nama, IC, apa pekerjaannya, a great normal works, hours of work every day, number of days for holidays, paid annual leave, allowances, duration of wage period, agreed of notice of termination, other benefit, rate for overtime and wage rates. All these are embedded in the Section 7 of Employment Act 1955. So it must not be less favorable. Maksudnya, whatever stated in Section 7 must be there. And in the agreement, must not be less favorable to whatever stated in the Acta Section 7. So contoh, Section 7 kata 1, 2, 3. Dia tak boleh dalam agreement tu 1, 2 sahaja. Tapi kalau dalam agreement kata 1, 2, 3, 4, boleh tidak? Boleh. Sebab it is better than whatever stated in the section. Okay. And employment relationship, slide number 11. Ya. Employees right, terms and condition in contract of service, oral, written. Dalam section 2 dia tulis, ya. apa nama, the, the right dia. Ben financial benefit and non-financial benefit. Apa itu financial benefit? Termasuklah gaji, bonus ataupun ganti rugi. Tapi yang non-financial, kerja, kerja, tempoh kerja ataupun cuti. Semasa masa, masa seminggu tu ada hari cuti atau tidak. Ataupun cuti um, umum, public holidays, so on so forth. So on so forth. So there are two types of rights and condition in your contract. Termasuk financial benefit and non-financial benefit. We move on to um, slide number 12, employee's right and prerogative. Ha, di sini kita akan tengok apakah hak employer dulu. Okey, apa yang employer can do. So adakah employer boleh buang pekerja suka-suka hati? Adakah you can just you come call you to the office, uh, you are fired and that's it and you off you go without you have any right to challenge it and he have all the right to do that. So technically the right of employer falls under this category works and probation placement and training promotion and transfer employee reduction redundancy and retrenchment termination and replacement so what does it mean guys what does it mean basically employers are the hub and prerogative uh, budi bicara uh, employer untuk menentukan kerja untuk dalam agreement kita nak berjanji adakah probation setahun sebulan dua tahun dia ada hak tu buat situ employer ada hak dan prerogatif untuk hantar cawangan mana contohnya untuk hantar pergi training ke naik pangkat ke transfer ke 
So kalau you kena dipindahkan You tak nak Can you do that? No You tak boleh fight You boleh minta Minta favor Supaya tidak ditukarkan Tapi kalau majikan Still want to transfer you You have to follow suit You, know, you can simply keras kepala What else you are In this is the right Of the employer Okay Employer juga ada Hak untuk terminate Dan replace Tetapi Must follow the Procedure and process Bukan boleh terminate Semata-mata Contoh dalam probation Dengan contoh Kalau pekerja tetap kalau pun kita bergantung pada kontrak Kalau kita perlu bagi notis 14 hari ataupun sebulan Ataupun 2 bulan You have to follow that Tapi probation Mungkin dia kata Percubaan eh? So maybe you can be terminated Within 2 weeks Or 1 week It depends All stated in the contract Ya yeah? Okay Employee Nami employee pula Misconduct and Disciplinary action What is misconduct? Employee must act in This is important Conformity of the contract And whatever standing orders given Okay, contract ada Dan majikan bagi arahan kerja You must follow that Kalau you tak ikut Okay, contract kata buat rumah Ada dia punya standing order Contoh, nak kena pakai PPE Kalau you tak buat itu You are, you are now term as Breaching the obligation And it's a misconduct Improper behavior or intention wrongdoing or deliberate violation of a rule of standard of behavior. So, dalam contohnya macam mana? Contohnya, fail to achieve performance standard. Disrupting the workplace. Act which diminish good reputation of the employer. Act omission which has considerable effect to the employer. Fail to declare a conflict of interest Semua ni adalah misconduct Contoh kadang-kadang yang clear Bila suruh buat uh, jambatan Dia pergi buat rumah Itu salah dah kan Suruh contoh repair radio Dia pergi uh, repair TV Itu salah This is clear However, what about act Which diminish good reputation of the employer ha, Di sini kadang-kadang kita selalu salah faham Kita kerja dengan company ABC Tiba-tiba esok kena tangkap sebab menulis sesuatu di Facebook yang boleh merosakkan reputasi company. Sungguh pun konten penulisan on Facebook have nothing to do with your work and the, or the company itself. Tapi sekiranya the company feels that uh, your act in writing on Facebook sehingga mendapat tindakan uh, sehingga boleh mencemarkan nama diri sendiri dan juga nama company The company might term it as a misconduct And you might be subjected to Disciplinary action So be careful with that yeah? Ni kadang-kadang selalu kita masalah You kata you buat kerja betul You buat benda semua betul According to the contract However, some people fail to good to Fail to, to to look into this particular point Act which diminish good reputation of the employer Uh, again, sama juga act or omission which has considerable effect to the employer. Ini pun masalah. Banyak kita buat benda di luar daripada bidang kerja kita. And banyak kali juga berlaku di USM, luar USM, banyak-banyak syarikat fail to declare a conflict of interest. Contoh, you work in a development company. You select tender. Tapi dalam company yang hantar tender, you pun ada share ataupun company anak, beranak, adik-beradik. So, if you fail to declare conflict of interest dalam selection of the tender, you are also committing a misconduct. What will be the effect? You will be subject to disciplinary 
action is it allowed yes is it allowed under the employment law so what action can be taken it must first it must be fair to employee principle of fairness inform the employer inquire effects of the matters give opportunity to explain provide employee opportunity to comment on evidence inform the decision made opportunity to plea for mitigation before decision is made meaning all these maksudnya sungguh pun kebajikan kata you salah you tulis benda ni telah mencemarkan nama baik company but terima bulat-bulat ke? tidak because this action must follow the principle of fairness so you should be given the right to challenge sebab tu kadang-kadang kadang-kadang you kajian-kajian macam you will come across this term domestic inquiry hal-hal dalaman maknanya dia orang akan pertimbangkan dulu kedalaman kalau betul boleh buang kalau tak betul dibuang juga you can challenge the dismissal and you can claim for compensation for that ada orang setengah dia minta re-statement to the post that he was there before the termination he get one of the ganti rugi yang dia dapatkan selain daripada gaji yang hilang whatever semua tu alright so type of disciplinary action dismissal Demotion, downgrading Or other lesser punishment Potong gaji Penggantungan okay, Ataupun paling-paling kurang pun amaran okay, Turun pangkat ataupun Buang terus Okay I think um, that's about for our Employment law Ada lagi tetapi kita Go slow and steady for this uh, First class post uh, During COVID PKP MCO So although the slides uh, apa nama dicampur dengan HCFT tapi you can also read that. So um, if you have any questions you can send to me uh, by way of WhatsApp I will compile it I will answer it one go. Okay? Um, so my final advice my final say just stay at home just stay safe. Uh, we meet again soon. Uh, don't forget to check your e-learn for the upcoming quizzes. Thank you very much guys. Take care. Assalamualaikum uh, Saya lagi sekali I need to explain a bit more About the Employment Act For you To understand the whole picture Of our employment law in Malaysia Because I receive Some queries from the students uh, Regarding employment law Number satu Guys Kita ada Employment Act And this Employment Act Meant for certain category Sesiapa yang jatuh di bawah kategori Employment Act dia tertakluk kepada Employment Act 1955 Those yang tidak masuk Dalam kategori Employment Act 1955 Dia subjek kepada Contract of Employment Antara dia dan majikan Okay, faham ya? Kalau yang termasuk dalam kategori Employment Act 1955 Dia subjek kepada requirement Obligation, duties, abilities Yang ditulis Tertera di dalam Employment Act 1955 Those yang tidak termasuk dalam kategori of uh, Employment Act 1945, the regulation, obligation, duties, all subjected to the subjected to the uh, term of their own employment contract. Read together with other statutes. Contohnya tentang cuti-cuti dia ada di Malaysia and what not. Okay, so the question, who are the person falls under the category? of Employment Act 
I mentioned earlier in my earlier class, uh, my earlier recording, you should refer to section 2 of the act. However, I'm I'm recording this uh, this particular session simply to make you really understand the the operation of section 2. Section 2 defines people's person whose wages does not exceed RM2000 sebulan under contract of service with an employer. Itu syarat pertama. Pekerja yang gajinya tidak melebihi 2000 sebulan di bawah contract of service. And here's the catch. Ataupun the big or is stated in the section or number one any manual worker regardless of monthly pay entry into contract of service in, with the employer mana-mana pekerja manual tak kira berapa gaji dia pun it can be 3000 4000 5000 manual worker dia juga termasuk di bawah employment act anyone who supervise people doing manual labor okey tak sekap saya gaji ya who supervise people doing manual labor so dekat side 4000 employment act yes any operator of mechanically propelled vehicles a seaman or a malaysian registered vessel with certain exceptions and finally a domestic servant alright so all these people yang saya sebut tadi tu falls under the employment act okay i hope you understand whether you fall under this category or not Okay, so being an employer, you need to understand how it works. Being an employee, you should also understand how it works and whether you fall under this category. So, contoh, macam saya, lecturer, do I fall under employment act? No, I'm not. Because, uh, obviously, uh, all the requirements are, are, are not there. Yeah, so you need to understand this. So, Uh, technically we have two laws set of laws yang yang mengawal selia that regulates our employment act number one to those people falls within the category of the section 2 of employment act or those who are not falls under that but they are regulated by way of their very own contract and read together with other statutes relating to the employment uh, to the work such as uh, cuti umum uh, dan lain-lain lagi Okay, I hope that's clear the air. Um, keep on reading and I see you during your quizzes. Bye.